Hi, you're listening to Day 3 Club, the revamped Cafe 20s. I'm Anki. I'm Charmaine. And I'm Flo. And this is a podcast about being in your 20s. It's okay to not have everything figured out. We can just take it one day at a time. Hi, everybody. We are back. It's Inky, Charmaine, and Flo back with our podcast, no longer called Cafe 20s, but Day 3 Club. Our last episode was in February 2021, so that's over a year now, almost a year and a half. We're all in different cities and doing different jobs and in different circles now, and we thought it'd be nice to have a little bit of a catch-up. Disclaimer, this is going to be slightly self-indulgent. It might be very lengthy. We're not going to do any editing, but Enjoy. it should be fun. Yeah, enjoy. Yes. Before diving into the episode, we first have the hot, hot take of the day where we usually discuss a mini controversy. Since our overall theme of the day is catching up with old friends, today's hot take is high school reunion. Attend it or skip it? Anki, do you want to go first? I know you've been attending plenty of high school reunions. <laughs> Every weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, attend it. Why not? You'd be surprised where people's lives have taken them and it's also a good measurement of your own growth as well yeah what about you guys Charmaine I think I would attend it as well but I think I like it more when it's a bit more spaced out mm. unless it's just with a very close group of friends I think like Enki said it's just a good way to see how far everyone has come and how far I've come too oh I was expecting different answers <laughs> that's why I chose this hot take turns out everyone has the same answer I think I would attend it as well just because I think I was in a good relationship with my high school friends and it would be good to you know catch up again and see how everyone is doing but if let's say it's a university reunion then I don't think I would attend it I think healthy amounts is okay yeah mm, I wouldn't want to do it yeah Inky's nodding, but you do it every weekend. <laughs> I'm uh, finding the rhythm now. Finding okay. the rhythm. We'll dive into that later. All right. So since we've now done our hot take, which was a not controversial controversy, uh, <laughs> let's go into the meat of the episode. I know you guys have both moved away from Hong Kong now, so please share about your changes and also yeah, the biggest ones that has happened since the last episode. For me, I moved to a new country. So I moved from Hong Kong to Malaysia around three months ago uh, for my job. So that's the biggest change for me. How has it been for you? How has it been for me? I've enjoyed it very much so far. Um, and I think I've never really lived alone except for briefly in university. But that was just like at the dorms. This is really different. This is like having a whole apartment to myself. And I mean, Malaysia is still in Asia, but um, it's it, the culture is still very different from Hong Kong. Um, I mm. feel like people here are a lot nicer. Hong Kong people can be quite mean sometimes. <laughs> I think we're very self-aware about it. Mm. So I've enjoyed being in Malaysia so far. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and Florencia? <laughs> I think it, it has only been a year and four months, right? It feels so short, but at the same time, it feels so long. I think there's so many things that has happened. For me, I moved to another country as well, but more specifically, I moved back to my motherland, Indonesia. But having spent like half of my life living overseas, coming back to Indonesia is a bit 
weird. Uh, and this is my first time living in Jakarta as well, right? So I definitely experienced a reverse culture shock. There's good reverse culture shock. There's like not so good reverse culture shock. So one of like the good things that made me feel very surprised about living in Jakarta is everyone here is so friendly and nice. Like going back to your point, Charmaine, <laughs> about people in Hong Kong, strangers don't hold the door for you, right? But in Indonesia, like strangers hold the door for you. So my first week here, people were holding doors for me and I was genuinely surprised. I was like, oh my God, this is how people are. <laughs> yeah, I was just reminded of like how friendly people here are so that's quite nice but then again there's like uh, not so good things like traffic private transportation like car or bike is a necessity just because public transport here is so bad so yeah hmm. it's the same in Malaysia it's terrible <laughs> I don't have a car driving license yet but we know slow you've recently acquired your own car congratulations Yay. one step closer to <laughs> adulthood <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Enki? For me, I'm still in Hong Kong, which is my motherland. I've kind of found like it's time for me to settle down here and build a life in Hong Kong. Uh, it sounds strange, a little bit of context, um, since this is already the third year back. I mean, third year going on, fourth year back in Hong Kong after uni. Um, but I think over the last three years, it's always been like, oh, when am I going to move to another country? Or I'm not going to really stay here for long, whether it be for work or for love. <laughs> so cringy. Um, but um, so, yeah. And um, but now I think it's time to sort of start building a community, make more friends and find a lifestyle that I want, like working out more and finding a balance um, between maybe family and friends and myself and work that is good for me so yeah it's still a new challenge I think I made this decision maybe five months ago now so January um so yeah we'll dig into that more <laughs> in the next question <laughs> yeah I think some people who don't know Anki may think that this is not a big change but personally I think you know us knowing Anki it's such a huge change right it's equally big as moving to a new country because for me and Charmaine we are someone who like to stay in one place so moving to a new country is actually the big change but for Enki you like to travel around the world you like to live in a different country and experience different cultures so having you make that decision to settle down in Hong Kong that's a very big decision and it's it's very interesting how, you know, within that one year and four months, you've now come to this Enki. Yeah, it's hard. I'm not not planning my hypothetical sabbatical so that I can take time away from Hong Kong. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, big changes for everyone. And I'm proud yeah. of us. So that's awesome. So um, are there any things you've learned about yourself going through this period of change? And if yes, what did you learn and how did it feel? Maybe I know, Flo, that you're posing this question, but I almost want to start with you because you, I guess among the three of us, you're the first one who's taken more managerial responsibility, at least in, in the professional context. And I understand that you are even able to scold people now. So <laughs> I, I want to start there. Do you have any advice for, I don't know, managing a team or how, how has your personality changed now that you've actually taken on 
direct reports in your job. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's quite a challenge to, you know, take my first managerial position. But at the same time, I've learned a lot about myself as well and about how to be a good manager and what it means to be a manager. So one of the things that I really learned from my experience being a manager is no matter how smart you are, you can't do everything alone. You need resources. Resources is like the number one key thing that you need to have. And having the right people in your team, that really helps. So if let's say you have two people who are equally competent to be a manager, but the manager A has the right you know, team members, has the right resources to lead the team, whereas the let's say manager B, she doesn't have the right team, she doesn't have the right people who have the skills that she needs, then most probably team B or manager B is more likely going to fail despite her being, you know, equally as competent as manager A. So that's one of the huge learning that I've learned. And then also us being at such a young age, um, sometimes we have the tendency to think about ourselves first, like, oh, I want to be a good manager. I want to grow in my career. But Sometimes I need to learn more about thinking through the organization instead of thinking through myself. So, for example, like if I'm struggling in um, achieving the targets, uh, the way I think about it shouldn't be why am I not reaching the target? But it should be like, what kind of resources do I need from my team, from my company so that it can help me achieve the targets. So it, if let's say I don't achieve the targets, it's not a reflection of how bad I am as a manager, but it should be more of a reflection of, I think my department is not having the right resources that we need. So uh, who can I talk to to get that resources and how can I convince my manager so that we can have those resources? So I think those are the two big learnings. Wow, we can totally see that you have grown into a Beautiful flower in the past year. It's it's amazing. Um, and I guess it's the, it's the first time for Charmaine and I to hear Flo share about this side as well. So it's really cool. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, so I know there were some people who were older than you in your team that you were managing. So how did you go about this and how did you establish credibility among people? Yeah, I went like a long way to hide my age. I cut my hair so that I look older <laughs> and then I dress older and I I try my best to not share my information, like personal identity, like, you know, the card, ID card and things like that. Um, but just a story about this. I was traveling with one of my team members who's older than me uh, by about, I'd say, four years. So then we were, you know, checking in in the airport. So he, he wanted to help me check in. So I gave him ID card. But I didn't know that in Indonesia, your birth actually in the ID number. I didn't know about that because in Hong Kong, it's just a random number, right? Mm. But in Indonesia, your birthday is actually in the numbers. It's it's a series of long numbers, so I never paid attention. So then he looked at it and then he was like, are you born in 1992? And then I'm like, and then I was so shocked. I was like, no. <laughs> and then it's like, it's in the ID card. And then that's when I found out. So then I'm like, uh, maybe Jakarta ID card and my city ID card is different. <laughs> I just like really tried to hide it, but he found that. I think what I learned about it is they turned out to be totally fine with my age. And even, you know, knowing my age, 
uh, they actually grow to be more respectful of me. So that, w- that was actually a, something that I didn't expect. Instead of, you know, uh, looking down on me and saying, you're so young, why should I listen to you? They were actually very respectful. And they, they keep telling me that at your age, I don't think I would be able to do what you what you did. So we really respect you and we see you as a leader. We don't see you as a manager because you're someone who, you know, who will do things with us together and will try to like solve problems together. And in the end, you know, when I gave them a call and tell them that I resigned, one of my team members actually cried and I'm like, don't cry, you're making me cry. And then, yeah, they were so nice. Last Friday was supposed to be my first day in my new job and they sent me a WhatsApp text and say, hey, good luck on your first day. Yeah, so that was really nice. And we grew to be, to become real friends. It's really nice. I think I was quite concerned about the age part at certain points. Um, but then hearing my colleagues talk about other like quite senior leaders in the company, they, they're always like, it's always like with a tone of admiration. Oh, like he's in his bit 30s and he's already at this like MD level or whatever. Mm. Um, so that made me feel better. But <laughs> I wasn't given the choice to hide my age in Malaysia, unfortunately. <laughs> they literally asked me on my first day at the welcome lunch and I couldn't couldn't quite dodge it so <laughs> yeah um I yeah uh, I think um just if let's say you're in that position right and uh you're very scared of revealing your age um just don't go that far like I did to hide your age because when my my own personal experience when I tried to hide my age somehow I felt like I was hiding a part of myself and it became quite toxic mm-hmm. so Looking back, I feel like maybe if I didn't go that far to hide my age, I would have liked my previous job better, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true, true. What about you, Charmaine? What are some things that you've learned um, about yourself? Moving to Malaysia, um, living alone, or all of these new exciting changes for you? Mm, I will, okay, I think maybe there's three big changes that's happened now that I think about it. So the Malaysia move was definitely a big one. Living alone was a big one. And changing sort of uh, jobs was a big one too. Um, I think moving to Malaysia, for me, um, a lot of people might not know this, but moving to Malaysia took a long time for me. I, I knew in last August I was supposed to move, but then I was only able to move in February or March. So that really dragged it out and I was so glad to finally arrive and now that I'm here I think a lot of, I, like a lot of the times I get this question of how long do I plan on staying in Malaysia I think at this point that's not even like a question for me like I'm just happy to be here I'll probably stay here a few years but sometimes I almost like think back to when I was deciding whether or not to move to Malaysia I was choosing between a few countries um, in Southeast Asia like Cambodia Philippines and I remember two years ago for some reason my heart was really set on Cambodia mm-hmm. so I think there's this urge inside of me to go to all of these different countries but for now I'm just happy to be in Malaysia and happy to just settle here and chill here for a few years before deciding where to go next yeah and Charmaine's bahasa is so good already <laughs> Tell the can people say, what you know. Yeah. <laughs> can you say a few words? <laughs> um, sangat tabal. <laughs> Translation, please. Very thick. Very thick. Very oh, thick. <laughs> Random. Uh, yeah, I don't know what my Bahasa teacher is teaching me. Not sure in what scenario I would ever use this. 
I think maybe you can use that as a pickup line when you find a guy it's like sangat tebal. Does it does it wouldn't mean the same? Can it like translate to that kind of thick? I think if you say that they would they might think that you're telling them that they're fat. <laughs> okay, never mind. Let's not risk it. <laughs> yeah. And then over here, because I look like a Chinese Malaysian, so a lot of people would assume I'm local. And then like when they see me, they'll just like blur, blur, blur. Like just speak Bahasa to me, and I would just look very confused. So that's still something I'm trying to adjust to. Yeah. The other day, I got told I sounded like a indirectly that I sounded like a banana. So uh, I was in the car with our key account manager, and the key account manager was talking to the customer, and then the customer like she put him on speaker. The customer didn't know I was in the car. So he was like, oh, who's this Charmaine that joined your team recently, by the way? Like, I was on the phone with her, and she sounds like a banana. So, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> need to talk. Like, uh, like someone who's yellow on the outside, but white on the inside. So just from the way I sound. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what? Yeah. But is there a negative connotation to it, or it's just like a, a banana? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they would almost like want someone to, you know, speak with a Malaysian accent if they're from Malaysia because mm. it's like you're almost proud of your your culture in a way. Mm. But I I think I have an excuse just because I'm not from Malaysia. At least it makes you memorable. <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, maybe I should like tap into that foreigner's privilege a little bit more here. I don't know if Flo, if you ever felt this in Hong Kong, but I think in Hong Kong you, if you're a certain type of foreigner, like an expat, then it almost gives you like some free passes in, in, in life. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> so you can definitely tap into it. Maybe like when you introduce yourself, you can also say that, hey, I just moved from Hong Kong. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then they would be like, oh, okay, she's not from here. Because your name is also very Malaysian, I think. Yeah, but they al- always missed as they Malaysian. Al- they always misread it as chairman. So I've gotten a few, I've missed a few emails and like tender interviews because they sent it to chairman thought. <laughs> my name. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe look into adding that E potentially. <laughs> part of my identity now. Oh, yes. <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. So that's been the Malaysian move. Um, living alone. I don't know how Flo is doing living alone, but I've really enjoyed it so far. I think it gives a lot of freedom in some ways like I can just put on whatever podcast or music I want when I'm cooking and I have a lot of space to exercise like without worrying like my parents walking past and like what is what is Charmaine doing so it's been very nice but how how has it been for you so far Flo? I think it's been nice but again I've I've been used to living alone but not alone in a sense where you know I have the whole apartment to myself so again I think you're right this is quite new um it's nice because again the freedom you can just do anything but then um sometimes it does it does get a bit lonely because I'm also doing work from home right so it's like um you're you'll be home the whole day um but weekends will come and then you will go out with your friends and your loved Mm -hmm. ones so that's fine okay maybe this loved ones (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) yes thank you How's that going for you, Flo? <laughs> How's that going for you, Enki? Actually, Enki is the crazy one because when we did the last episode about relationship, I think it was our episode three, you were only together with your boyfriend for like around two years, was it? Yeah. And Flo didn't have a boyfriend and, back then. 
Yeah, and now it's been how how long? How long has it? How long have you been with this boyfriend of yours? Almost four years, three years, and uh, nine months. Yeah. See, wow. oh, that's like crazy. It's a long journey. Yeah, because um, he's in Switzerland, so we've seen each other once a year um, for the past three years. But thankfully. Or not, thankfully, due to getting COVID, joining the Omicron Club. <laughs> um, when I was in Switzerland, I stayed there for um, two months, so it's mm-hmm. it's it was quite helpful, I think, in terms of um, building the relationship. Yeah, but less about me, more about Flo. <laughs> I think when we had that last uh, episode of our relationship. I was still talking about, you know, I was I was still single, I was still dating around, don't really know what I was looking for in a partner. But now I'm in a happy relationship with my boyfriend of more than a year now. So wow. yeah, that's crazy. Time flies. So much yes. has changed. Yeah. That's why it's like one year and four months feel so short, but at the same time feel so long because there's been so many changes. Mm. Yeah. I think we were like re-listening to our old podcasts and then we realized so much has changed and that's why we decided to do this yeah 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 crazy even though even if we don't get any viewers uh it's just <laughs> nice to do this to catch yeah. up how about you Charmaine <laughs> I heard you've been mingling <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like such a creepy answer yeah <laughs> like, yes <laughs> mingling yeah because I think since I've moved to Malaysia I'm still trying to just meet more people because I don't have a lot there's not a lot of Hong Kong people here that's my age and a lot of my friends are from work so naturally uh dating apps are quite a nice place to meet people <laughs> What's like a British accent? yeah reverse I don't to- know it's my accent. coping mechanism I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> So I did, uh, actually I've only went on two dates since I came to Malaysia. I just, uh, things have gotten a bit busier lately. And I think planning for dates, like you need to like chat to people on the weekday evenings, then you make plans for the weekend. But I've been quite busy on the weekdays lately, so I haven't been able to do that. But I finally uh, met people from dating apps. Um, The first two were a little bit meh, but I will, I think my work will slow down a little bit in the next month. So we will see. Yay. Yay. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. I'm sure you'll meet lots of interesting people. Whether or not they're the love of your life is one thing, but uh, at least you get to know and integrate into the local community a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just to share on the... Oh, retirement. Sorry, this is a bit of a jump, is it? (laughs) Retirement. Retirement. Um, So I went volunteering at a retirement home uh, a couple of weeks ago. And just to let you know the market rate as I continue my market research. So um, on the higher end of retirement homes in Malaysia, the monthly rate is around 6,000 ringgit. And this would get you like a single room and like a caretaker. Um, Let me try to convert that to maybe US dollars. What does the package for um, a high-end elderly home uh, include? Just asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) 
so the oh, I just converted it by the way is around uh, 1,400 US dollars per month and the package would include um, so the place I visited they just had like a sort of landed property that was like single or two stories and then they just had like a bunch of rooms and there were around 10 to 20 residents and you could either choose a single room or you could choose like a double or triple room and you would basically get like all the meals catered and you would get like people who are taking care of you throughout the day uh seemed quite nice there were some very energetic elderly people there who was like running around quite cute well that's actually very expensive yeah i, I was expecting yeah i was expecting a lower rate because it's malaysia yeah um but compared to hong kong it's pretty good <laughs> mm, it's like cheaper mm, than true. rent yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't got a place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Exactly. So yeah, but Anki, we know that you want to stay in Hong Kong, but in case you want to ever consider, options are always welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did you do in the volunteering? Like, oh, um, we just helped them to uh clean up the place because they don't have enough manpower so actually the founders are ex-corporate uh people so they were like ex-google microsoft apple like um very very cool people but they only started this a few years ago and they don't have a lot of manpower so they just needed people to like clean up the garden and like hose down the driveway and things like that uh, we volunteered to talk to the old people as well, but they were like, mm, it's okay. Like if once you start talking to them, they'll just sort of trap you and you can't leave. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite nice. Did mm. you manage to make friends from that volunteering activity? Uh, I went with a few colleagues. So then and I met a few new colleagues that I haven't seen before. I think we mentioned in the retirement plan episode that Charmaine wanted to build an orphanage was it yeah yeah and it feels like this is a good uh, business template um, since you're you will be ex-corporate as well and you'll be able to build something very meaningful and I know that flow also that you're interested in sort of things like that um, in the community and being a teacher so potential collab coming up <laughs> oh, good idea <laughs> but then for Anki if okay if you want to settle in Hong Kong how does your Switzerland Switzerland play into all oh we're going there today this is really a <laughs> indulgent episode <laughs> Ooh, um things are getting juicy <laughs> as i'm trying to think of my answer um i think i think i'm at that point in my life where um i spent the last two years planning everything and i was pretty much in like a mental bubble where i was always like oh what's my next step um what do i want to do with my life who i do who do i want to be but I plan and I plan and I plan and it all came back to this and um, that I'm still in Hong Kong. Um, none of my plans came to fruition. Not a bad thing because I'm still in an unexpectedly good path that kind of still leads me to where I wanted to go, but in lots of ways that I didn't imagine. So I think overall, I've always wanted to be a sort of more tech techie person and I was looking for so many ways to do that like masters or um, 
or um, yeah, how I could build myself within the organization that I'm currently in to get there. And then somehow it feels like without much planning and some serendipity, it's moving in that direction. So I think now I haven't really and don't want to give it much thought about how it's going to work with Hong Kong and Switzerland. The good thing about my boyfriend <laughs> um, is that um, he's very flexible and um, he's um, quite okay to mm, move wherever. Um, yeah, I think it, the the question will come into play more when we're thinking about our finances or if we're going to have children in the future, like where they grow up and yeah, how we're going to pay this wonderfully high rent in Hong Kong. So um, I think that's later in the story. That's when I will consider more about where I want to move. But then for now, I think it's quite okay for me to stay and not go to Switzerland yet. <laughs> that's true. And these things can always change in a few years, like mm. depending on where your job is, how you know you feel about Hong Kong and how you feel about Switzerland. Yeah, maybe it could be in Malaysia. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I heard the schools are cheaper there. They are, I think. <laughs> Get your kids into some international schools. Yeah, for same quality. I like the convenience of Hong Kong, but for some reason, I always, for me, I always knew that I wouldn't want to stay in Hong Kong for that long. But I did enjoy the few years uh, of staying in Hong Kong when I came back after uh, like living overseas when I was younger. But I, I don't know, what Anki, why do you think you want to stay in Hong Kong now? What changed? Mm, I don't think it's so much that I want to stay in Hong Kong because of Hong Kong, but it's more like a challenge of personal development for myself, right? Where I really need to start growing roots and stop trying to go to other places because if you grow roots, then you build a community and then that's when you have a very strong network. I think I was getting to a point where I was like a bit lonely and I didn't know why. And I think it's because all my friends are scattered across the world. Like you guys are in different countries as well now. My boyfriend's across the world and then my family's here. So if I never settled down and started to build like a network for my own personal life per se, then I would be lonely forever. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's been quite a difficult challenge, um, but it's uh, it's... I, I think it will be quite rewarding. Mm. But I'm actually curious to hear um, for you guys, because Hong Kong is generally a very, um, or has the impression that it's reputation that it's a very high stress society, right? And there's a lot of sort of societal standards and norms that people generally have to adhere to. So how does it compare to you and um, in Indonesia and Malaysia, where things seem a little bit more relaxed and yeah, does that has that influenced the way that or the direction that you want to take your life? I think both Flo and I spoke about this, and that's Hong Kong because it's a more high stress, faster paced society. Um, I think sometimes people can be a little bit less patient, and then it can come off as not caring. Um, although I have to like put a disclaimer and say that Hong Kong, I, I've seen the nice sides of it. Like, you know, when people are carrying really heavy things on a train, people will step in and help. So there are these moments like that when, when you see the warmth uh, of Hong Kong. But it's just a lot more common in, in Malaysia so far. And it seems like to be the same for, for Indonesia. 
like an example would be I I think I looked a little bit lost on the streets. I was like looking at Google Maps and wasn't sure if I was going in the right direction. And I didn't even have to ask. And someone just came up to me and said, "Do you are you going to this mall? It's that way." And I didn't even have to ask. And there were other times when <laughs> I was at the grocery store and I was wearing a, a pair of long pants, and then my pants got rolled into the trolley, and I couldn't take <laughs> <laughs> my pants out. And then like so like like a bunch of people came over to help. <laughs> without me asking <laughs> oh my god that's so nice yeah. <laughs> but also how did that happen <laughs> yes <laughs> it happened twice like I, I I unrolled it and then I walked a few steps and it rolled back again so moments like that I was like oh Malaysia is so warm and it just sort of reinforced the the feeling that I didn't want to live in Hong Kong. But I know it's different, I think, being here as an expat versus being a local, because I think there's a lot of maybe discontent towards how the country operates. There is corruption and there are policies that might not be, you know, fair and inclusive towards everyone. Mm. Um, so I'm obviously seeing the good sides of it. Um, but I think it's very different for a person who was born and raised here and have no choice but to be here. And I have the luxury of choice. Mm. When I look back to my time in Hong Kong, I think most of my stress actually came from work. So now I'm just trying to like expand a little bit more and see um, when we say that Hong Kong is a stressful city, well, what are the different types of stress that are there? You know, So maybe one is like career, right? Work stress. And then maybe the other type of stress is like what Charmaine said, coming from like people around you, you know, just people like pressurizing you to keep going or like leave as soon as possible maybe those type mm. of stress is also there um, and then maybe the third type of stress is like stress about feeding your family and just like providing for your family so definitely like the third type of stress which is like providing your family we didn't we didn't experience that right because we still don't have a family um, and then the second one I feel exactly the same as how Charmaine felt so in Indonesia people are a bit more friendly and then they're not really in your way so you just have like your own space so that's actually quite nice and then going back like the first type of stress career I think I was very stressed in Hong Kong but in Indonesia I was also equally stressed if not even more stressed mm -hmm. so for work stress it really depends on like where you work the type of team you have or you get right um and in Indo, I was very stressed that I lost 6 kg <laughs> and then I was quite underweight. But now that I've resigned and I now I'm on a break, I've gained back that 6 kg. Yay. Much healthier. You glowing girl. Yeah. <laughs> I see the light on your face. Yeah. Tanko, tanko. <laughs> yeah. It always makes me happy to see Flo doing well because I think... Uh, when we were living together at one point last year or the year before, like, um, I think it was last year, yeah. um, she she got quite ill and um, you could just see that the light in her eyes was gone. Like, if you look at her, her pupils, it's just like black. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was just really sad. And I think after she took a break um, at that time, immediately and I wasn't the only one who told you this right Flo that you could see like light in your eyes again and light reflecting off like her <laughs> the water in her eyeballs I guess if you want to be scientific about it <laughs> um, um, so yeah it's it's 
it's nice to see that you're in a good place. I think because it's quite evident and uh, on your physical appearance as well. Thank you. I think I wouldn't be here if I you know, haven't met both of you as well. Like everything that happened, even if it's difficult, even if it was stressful, those are the things that, you know, made us where we are today. So I'm thankful for everything that happened, all the challenges as well. Be honest. Oh, Stop it. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> We're so excited for you and all that's yeah. coming your way, Flo. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe on this topic as well, I, I was sharing with my team members because we're a bit more like friends now, right? There's th- there are three of us. And then there's one there was one dinner where we really got like vulnerable and emotional with each other. We were just sharing all of our like personal difficulties. And then I realized that people who are tough at work or maybe, you know, people who you feel like are not performing their best, they're actually trying, they're already trying their best, you know. So I don't know, I feel like there is some lack of compassion around Mm. work culture and work environment like we just keep pressurizing them to do their best and like do more do more do more when actually they're already trying their best and they have problems let's say in their own personal life they have problems with their family they have problems Mm. with their friends they have problems with their health that we never see before we don't see especially when we work from home right everything is just like voice you don't really know what's happening and I don't know I think this experience also taught me to be more compassionate at work as well just like Mm. see them beyond their yeah. voice or their work you know because everyone has their own life behind that and sometimes we don't really think about them maybe when they're you know when they're not performing maybe they need help but they're just not telling you that they need help mm. this when reminds me of a conversation I had yesterday um, with a good friend um, that you both know and we actually spent a lot of time talking about this in terms of corporate values and also personal values and it was very interesting because I think one of the things that we discussed is I think in Facebook they actually give um, the top leaders like Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg um, big budgets to sort of manage their personal lives as well in different ways so it could be bodyguards it could be a certain type of benefit that I'm not too sure on and because they understand that in order for their top executives to be functioning at their 100% or 300%, their personal lives need to be good and they need to be safe and healthy as well. So, and when I talked about this friend, we were just talking about the lack of it that we've experienced and how much understanding the human condition is going to be conducive to productivity at work like can you imagine that for example if someone broke up with their boyfriend or their girlfriend and they're just devastated like they can't work socially it's not going to be a good excuse to be like oh I'm sorry I cannot I just can't work this week but if your boss and your organization says to you take a week off how much loyalty that could generate with your employees like that would change the game and it's really systemic right because also from the asian boss girl um, episode helen um, she's recently pregnant and uh, i think originally she only had three months of maternity leave and um, mel and janet the other two um, speakers were like hey i think you look like you could take a a month off but helen said she would never ask for it it has to be the organization who 
offers it because you at that position sometimes you never feel like you deserve it so yeah when you said compassion that really stood out to me and it's something that is quite interesting in the corporate context right and also our personal context and it it will be it'll be interesting how we strike a balance between doing that and having compassion and also profitability so hopefully we can sort of be the trailblazers for this type of model of work yeah That'll be really nice. I think at the beginning of this episode, Flo talked about how you were unwilling to maybe disclose your age sometimes and having that boundary between sharing about your personal life and your personal details versus like to your to your colleagues. I think that's a hard line to draw sometimes and it's going to blur, but sometimes being able to share a little bit more with your colleagues and your teammates, it helps to build a more understanding environment, I think. It's good that we're all on the same page so we can lead organizations in a healthy manner um, Mm. while performing. Yeah. Yeah. We thought we were going to have more different opinions this time, but apparently not. <laughs> so three P's in But at the same time, it's good because we're mm. like three brains building the same idea. Mm. Three brain cells, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Now that, you know, we've reflected on what has happened in the past year, maybe it's a good time to think about one year later. What are some goals you would want to set for yourself and also just maybe looking back what would you have told yourself uh, from a year ago so two questions what do you want to do in a year what would you have told yourself a year before so during covid we had fifth wave uh during COVID, that was two years, not a very specific time span. Um, during the last COVID outbreak um, in uh, in Hong Kong, so the fifth wave, we had quite a sort of jump in cases. So I think very few people were leaving the house, very few people were going to work. And then so what I did was I went for a walk every single day after work and I realized that I love to exercise, <laughs> which is so wow. new for me. I am still not exercising regularly, and I still don't want to wake up to exercise. But I, I just know that I like it, and I like the way it feels, and it's really fun for me. Like I like group exercise, particularly like I like playing beach volleyball the one time I did it it was very fun I want to start boxing so that's something that I would like to integrate into my life more um, in the next year and then advice for myself it's to not be afraid to meet more people so recently when I say I I'm building community then I've been trying to meet more people and it's been it's been quite natural and easier than I thought it would be um, you just have to be quite gung-ho and just offer your lunches to anyone who will take it. <laughs> and more often than not, they do. So, And it usually ends up being quite good conversation. And you learn a lot about yourself and how the world is actually very big. So I um, sometimes I was struggling a lot on um, my career. And sometimes we had the question, oh, should you be a generalist? Should you be a specialist? Or um, how are you going to... Uh, move forward in your career and uh, which direction to go or how you manage your work-life balance or your mental state and things like that. And I've been surprised at how many people um, have been able to give very productive inputs on this. And if only I spoke to more people earlier, then I wouldn't have been stuck in my own head trying to like scroll on Reddit or find different YouTube videos or like find out the answer and be lost, right? So I think 
um, knowing people is a really good source of opening your world. And so I wish I did that earlier. Um, so hopefully I can do that more in the next year. And then, uh, yeah, I also think I would say, like, don't spend so much time planning for the future by yourself, like as a nuclear being. There's no point in doing that if you're not looking externally as well. So introspection only goes so far because your world is only so big. So if you read more books again, meet more people, talk to your family, talk to other people, it helps a lot, I think. So that's that's the advice I would give myself. Um, what about you, Flo? That's a very good advice. I think it, it sounds like an advice I could definitely take as well. <laughs> and I think uh, for me, the way I see Aki, it's like you're sometimes you're the light in the room, you know, it's like if let's say there's if, if let's say you're not there, it will be a, a lot more boring. So maybe when you offer those lunches, you're actually offering that positive positivity to other people. So you're like offering good things to other people. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I give a lot of chaotic energy, but I was told recently to stop that I'm actually not that chaotic. So I should stop going into this feedback cycle that I'm a chaotic person. So I, yes, I am the light. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are the light. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, maybe the first question for this goals um, I think maybe not goals, but like something that I want to invest more time and effort to learning um, is about Buddhist teachings. <laughs> I feel like one year ago, I wouldn't have said this, but recently um, I went to a temple and then I learned more about like Buddhist teachings. And I realized that even if I'm a Buddhist for my whole life, I don't really know about the teachings. Sometimes if I go to the temple, it's mostly just to ask for stuff. <laughs> like uh, can you please do blah 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 and say get gratitude like thank you for the protection and guidance but you know that it it only goes so far so I want to dedicate a bit more time to go to Sunday service and maybe like dedicate the Sundays for vegetarian day Ooh. and I also want to maintain my health so make sure that you know one year from now I'll still be healthy doesn't have to be like fit as long as I'm healthy and then it's fine and for the advice to my past self I think just don't be afraid to try new things even if things will disappoint you in the future it's fine you learn from it and also be more confident in yourself and also when you receive advice accept it selectively see who the advice is from or the feedback is from if let's say you don't respect the person it's fine you can just ignore them <laughs> yeah I think that's it from what you've shared today Flo I really get the feeling that your confidence level has has been on the up up road right so what do you think has been something that has been very conducive to your confidence level um, growing? Oh, I raised my eyebrow because I was uh, surprised. <laughs> because actually, um, my previous manager kept emphasizing the fact that I lack confidence. And then she raised that to HR saying that, you know, that's, a, that's the number one thing that we, uh, we need to build in flow because she lacks confidence. I've also heard a lot of feedback from people that she lacked confidence. So lack, like lack of confidence has always been the common theme in my previous role. 
And I felt like when you tell someone that they lack confidence over and over again without guiding them through the journey, it does, it's not really helpful. It's just like a continuous reminder that I lack confidence and it doesn't help me in building my confidence at all. It doesn't serve any purpose. If anything, mm-hmm. maybe it serves like a negative purpose. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I felt like during the previous role, I really felt like I wasn't confident. So that's why I was very surprised when you said like, oh, your confidence, you know, it seems like a, your confidence has gone up when people has been telling me that I lack confidence over and over again. So I think that's that was also when I realized that, you know, this is not the type of manager that I want to work with. Um, I don't see her developing me or growing me. And I feel like deep inside, even if I keep hearing that I lack confidence, I know that I'm actually competent and I can be so I can offer so much more. So maybe it's better if I go somewhere else and offer, you know, what I have to people who is willing to take it and develop it further. Yeah, that sucks that your previous manager said that because you, I think to a lot of people, you always speak with so much composure and confidence. I think we would never think you're a not confident person. I think at most we might say that you're humble. And I think that's a really good quality. Um, Think as a manager, maybe what they could have done is to actually told you what you could be confident about, like all your good qualities instead Mm. of just saying you're not confident. That's not a very helpful advice. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a very good advice. She could have been a bit more particular in what I wasn't confident in. From what I know about you, right, Flo, and that you're like very data-backed. So you always want to know everything about what you're talking about or you want to know um, everything about the situation you're in before giving a very, um, you get before giving an observation or giving an opinion. So I think perhaps it was that you just didn't have all the parts of the picture and maybe you didn't feel comfortable. I don't know if that's a right interpretation. So it's it's interesting to me that um, your manager didn't try to find out why and how to align the resources to help you to to make decisions in a way that are that will make you more comfortable. Mm, yeah, that's a that's absolutely right. I think that was the that's the right observation. I think she thinks that you know if I don't have all the parts, then I I'm less likely to voice out and escalate things. And she felt like there was a sign of you know lack of confidence. So I think like she has a very different definition of confidence with me. And we have for some reason we just like don't click. The you know our work styles are quite different. What she sees is successful is quite different as what I see as successful. But it takes mm. maturity to like say that you know you 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 don't want to go on this path anymore, and you know what you are more suited towards. All right, and for Charmaine, what would your answer be to our question? Um, in terms of the goals, I think so. Mine would be health related as well. Um, just in terms of building healthier health habits. Uh, so in the past year, something I've tried to do is to really mark down my habits and be consistent about what I do. I think after reading Atomic Habits, um, my key takeaway is consistency, even though it's just doing a little bit every day. The past few months, my habit was to read the news every day. 
and because I can see visually, like I mark down when I read the news each day, I visually, I, when I can see the streak that I've been able to maintain, that will force myself to keep doing it every day. So I want to try that for uh, healthy habits, like doing even just five minutes of exercise every day, or like maybe like meeting more people every uh, month or something like that. So those are just some goals I have in the next year. In terms of advice I would give to my previous self, I think it's about um, having visibility both at work or maybe even in your personal life. Because I think at work sometimes just to it, it helps to be someone who's louder or just be able to be a bit more rah-rah about what you've done. And I think that's not something I'm naturally able to do, but I'm trying to push myself towards. So even just like raising a question in a town hall or like even in a meeting when everyone doesn't want to say anything, you're, you're trying to be the first one to speak up. Then I think that helps to build visibility and credibility. Mm. And in the personal live aspect, um, I mean, previously, you guys know, I never post to Instagram. And I think I've started to do that just because now that I'm in, in a different country, I just want to let my friends know that I'm safe and I'm alive. Um, but I think that's a, one way of staying visible in your personal life, too. So yeah. that's my goal, visibility. Yeah, we very much appreciate the Instagram post. It also helps to successfully ensure us that you are indeed alive <laughs> and enjoying life. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, it's actually really nice to see your stories. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you should Mostly. post more. Okay. <laughs> I guess I guess that's sort of it for our yeah. <laughs> catch up today. Yeah. How was it? It was eye-opening and I think it was an interesting episode for us to record. I don't know how it's going to be for our viewers to listen to all one hour and I don't know how long, almost an hour of it, but I think we've been able to delve into deeper, a topic much deeper, deeper is much topic, um, topics much deeper um, beyond what we usually share and really uh, think about the implications of that. Seems like even though we've been keeping in touch, there was a lot of inner workings of each other's life that we didn't um, touch on or we didn't discuss so it's been great and I'm very grateful to have this opportunity to hear about um, you guys' life in a more structured setting. If, if anything I really want both of you to succeed and it's so nice to see how both of you have grown in this period you know even if maybe we don't catch up that often it's so nice to see that all of us are doing well and then it feels like nothing has changed right like when we record this it still feels like two years ago when we did the mm. recording so that's really nice yeah and when we listen back to this again in, in two years I'm sure so much would have changed again and we would have grown so much again <laughs> yeah Guys, um, to our listeners, we're not going to establish a frequency for recording this, but probably given that we do have a lot to talk about and that we're growing so quickly in terms of human beings that we will record some ad hoc episodes. Right, everyone? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I think at first, Anki suggested biannual, and I thought that meant once every two years. But I think now I know it means both ways twice right? a year mm. but that's not a commitment either way <laughs> we're no. not committing to anything no. yeah we're very flexible people and we'll play by year <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. way to corporate jargon that one <laughs> very good <laughs> 
All right. So if there's anyone you haven't reached out to in a while, maybe this is your sign to reach out to them. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. See you in the next episodes, if there are going to be any. <laughs> Bye. Bye.